That's another episode of Dealers of the Podcast. I'm Michael K. And I'm Allison. Happy October. And Allison. Ha- thank you. Happy belated International Podcasting Day, Michael. Yeah, that was the other day. Happy that. For from our microphone to, you. to yours. Because our <laughs> podcast is international. We're on oh. two diff- we're in two different countries. It's true. And I'm pretty sure that there's people out there that listen to us from, you know, who knows where and whatnot. Maybe. The <laughs> There's someone overseas like, please don't speak for me. I don't listen to you. (laughs) Please don't call me out like that. So let's start because we got a lot of info to get into. This is BBC News pretty much. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to start with a story that isn't celebrity related, but will no doubt be turned into a Netflix series like tomorrow. Oh, 100%. Uh, I've also been fascinated by this story since day one. So you may know about it, but in case you don't, I'll mm-hmm. start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about um, the adopted girl from Ukraine who may not actually be a girl and may be a grown woman who tried to kill her family. Mm-hmm. The orphan is real. Yeah. So this saga started with an American couple named Christine and Michael Barnett. Let me yeah. just stop and say that my sister's name is Christine and my mm-hmm. name is Michael. I don't know why I brought that up, but let's never talk about it again. Obviously, you guys should play play the leads in the Lifetime movie that this will eventually get turned into. That's disgusting, but how much money are we talking about? Yeah, think of the money. So Christine and Michael Barnett, they're in their 40s. And in 2010, they adopted a Ukrainian girl named Natalia from, from an adoption center in Florida. Florida just had to find a way to weave itself into this story. And Mm -hmm. this is how they did that. So Christine FYI is an author and motivational speaker who claims she's an expert on raising children with special needs. Okay. So they bring Natalia home, right, with Mm -hmm. them to Indiana. And in 2013, they leave Natalia in an apartment in Lafayette, Indiana, and flee to Canada with their two sons. Like, they abandon this girl. Oh, to- if you if you go to Canada, you are not coming back. Like, you once you choose Canada, that's like a capital A abandoned. Well, they, ca- they ca- came back. Oh, okay. Well, I guess they weren't <laughs> that committed to abandonment then. They weren't. They weren't like the Quades. <laughs> they were like, this place is too cold. <laughs> Bye. Okay, but Christine says they went to Canada so their son, who has autism, could attend a special school. Okay. Anyway, Natalia was allegedly around 9 or 10 at the time. But the Barnetts got her birth certificate changed to say she was actually born in 1989. More on that later. Yes. So the Barnetts kept paying rent on the apartment, but never ever saw Natalia again, right? I I have a quick question. Mm -hmm. So they left her in an apartment. She's, what, 9 years old? Nine or ten, yeah. Okay. Who is she staying with? Like, is she just renting this apartment on her own? They paid for the apartment. Okay, but like, but like, who is looking after her, though? Because you can't just rent an apartment for a nine-year-old. Well, this is, we're going to get to that. The pl- I know the plot clots later on, but it's yeah. just, that would, that's my first red flag, is like a nine-year-old living life like Felicity in her own apartment. Well, yeah. So. Anyways. So the police claim that um, the Barnetts never gave her money for food, etc. And this went on until 2016. Okay. So in 2014, 
Natalia told a cop that the Barnetts left her there alone and went to Canada. So I'm not sure what happened between 2014 and now. Like, the cops had the info, but the Barnetts weren't charged until now, 2019, with two counts of felony abandonment of a dependent. Mm -hmm. So they turned themselves in in Indiana and were later released. So this is, I first heard about the story at this point. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean... I believed like some, you know, pieces of trash would abandon a little girl they adopted from Ukraine. Like, I believed that there were people that would do that because I remember a few years ago, there was a story about a woman in America. I don't remember the story who put a 10 year old boy she adopted from Russia on a plane and sent him back to Moscow with a note that claimed he was violent. What? I did not hear about that. It's like, bitch, kids don't come with receipts. But Michael, I have a question. Is that not the proper return policy for a child that you've adopted? Well, at least go with them. Yeah. Like, bitch just (laughs) put him on a plane and was like, see ya. He's not a pair of pants from Old Navy. So it can happen. So although I did think something was up because like you, I wondered like what morons would leave a little girl in an apartment and not expect to get caught. Well, like, okay, I live in an apartment and I know everything that my neighbors are doing, right? And it's not because I'm like a nosy person. I am, but that's not the reason. I just know what everybody's doing because when you're in an apartment- Well, you're a nosy person. I am. I'm Gladys Kravitz. (laughs) Because I've lived in many apartments and I didn't even know what my next door neighbors look like. I kept my eyes on the floor (laughs) when I would walk because I did not want to say hi, nothing. So you're friendly. You're friendly. I'm super friendly. But what I'm trying to say is I would know if there was a nine-year-old who was like Kevin McAllister home aloneing it and like living by themselves. Because first of all, you would see them check their mail. You'd have to see them check their their mail. mail. And that is an adult thing to do. So like kids don't check the mail. Oh, I loved checking the mail when I was a kid. It was like one of my favorite things. We are very different people, I guess. I'm an old soul, as they say. <laughs> you are. But anyways, point is, what I'm trying to say is, when you live in an apartment, you you know. Like, you would know. You'd see a kid and you'd be like, I am not confident that there are parents that live with that kid. So that's, like, right away where it's like, how did that, How did Natalia live there for as long as she did? Like, I would give it four months maximum before I was on the case and figured out that there w- weren't parents. Well, it's too bad that she didn't live in your building because you would have broke this open 10 seconds later. That's true. So Michael and Christine, they're divorced now. He lives in Indianapolis with his new wife. So their child's in January. But they claim that Natalia has pulled a Catherine Zeta-Jones, allegedly, (laughs) Allegedly. by saying she's a lot younger than she is. So they claim that when they adopted Natalia, she was actually like practically an adult. So she she has a form of dwarfism and stands about three feet tall and needs help walking. She right. told police that she was born uh, born in Ukraine and brought to America in 2008 through an adoption program. Mm-hmm. Now, Christine talked to the Daily Mail and basically gave them like the psycho dwarf girl headline of their dreams. Mm-hmm. Like the Daily Mail's offices were probably drowned in panty pudding when oh, they yeah. landed this story. It was, it was all deeply respectful. Yes. And by that, I mean the opposite of. So Christine said that Natalia is a deranged psychopath and tried to kill the family. So Christine claims that Natalia put some kind of cleaning liquid 
in her coffee to poison her, like Windex or bleach, that Natalia made threats about putting their dead bodies in the backyard, tried to push Christine into an electric fence, attacked a baby, and stood over family members as they slept. So Christine is giving us full horror movie. She's giving you Macaulay Culkin in The Good Son from Ukraine. Yes. So Christine says that things were also off because Natalia didn't have an accent and didn't understand a family member who spoke Ukrainian. Natalia... Right there. (laughs) Natalia was also allegedly, this is what Christine claims, getting her period. So Christine thought something in the milk wasn't clean and Mm -hmm. figured that Natalia has been scamming them and was older than what she said she was. So they got their family doctor to do a bone density test. Right. And the results came back saying that Natalia was at least 14 years old. So their doctor also wrote a letter saying that based on dental records, Natalia is a lot older than what is claimed. So Christine claims they tried to get her psychiatric help, but things got worse. Okay. And so using the bone density results, they were able to get a judge to change her birth certificate to say she was born in 1989. Right. I mean, so, they, they yeah. didn't really have to go through all those tests, though, Michael, because all they had to do was just be like, don't you miss the drink orbits? And if she's like, yum, I sure do. Then they're like, hmm, I don't think she's a kid. I think she might be older. She's from Ukraine. They don't got orbits in Ukraine. <laughs> you're right i'm trying to think what the ukraine equivalent would whatever be. the whatever yeah the ukrainian orbits equivalent is it's That's called like a, juicy balls yes <laughs> <laughs> so they got in her apartment so christine claims that they got in her apartment paid for it up front for a year mm-hmm. got her groceries bought her furniture at target cheap asses no, no. made I a plan made a plan for her to get her high school diploma and to go to beauty school. So they say, Christine says they didn't abandon her financially because Natalia had food stamps and a social security check coming every month. Okay. So Hmm. police, they have shit on the Barnett's evidence of the bone density stuff, right? Okay. So they say that a bone density test that was done in 2010 claimed that Natalia was eight years old at the time. Another test done in 2012 showed she was around 11. Yeah, so it's conflicting info. So Mm -hmm. as for what happened to Natalia, Mm -hmm. in 2016, a devout Christian couple from Indiana applied to be her guardians. And if if it would have went through, it would have restored her original birth date on her birth certificate. But the Barnetts filed an objection and the judge sided with them. So that didn't happen. But the Daily Mail, here they are again, Mm -hmm. claims that Natalia is still living with that family and they refer to her as their teen daughter. But like, here's my question, Michael. It sounds like the Barnetts did not really want Natalia because they were just like, here's an apartment. We're going to hide you out here while we go to Canada and maybe we'll see you sometime. But like, here's your target furniture. Goodbye. And then when another family actually wants to adopt her, they step in. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We love Natalia. We love her so much that we have hidden her away no, in this apartment. I don't think that they stop. They stopped because they wanted her back i think they did it because they thought you know they 
I don't know. Oh, like they were afraid for that family, like being like, we're trying to protect you. I don't know if it was afraid you. for that family or I don't know what it is, but, or they, I don't know. You know what though? They're they different. just wanted her, the age maybe to stay on the birth certificate. I don't I know. I really don't know. That family's devout Christians. They have Jesus on their side. So like, they don't have to worry about Natalia doing anything. But if you like really want to fall into this, there's a Reddit thread. I forgot mm-hmm. the name of it, but there's a Reddit thread and they, a lot of them seem to think like the Barnett's are the diabolical ones in this story and that they really abandoned a child right so you're saying that patricia arquette needs to play christine barnett when this becomes a netflix series she could probably do it yeah Mm -hmm. if you look at pictures you could probably do it and speaking of pictures like i've looked at pictures of natalia then and now and she does look like a little girl then but and she looks like an adult now also michael barnett originally told police that he thought she was a minor when they abandoned her but his oh. attorney claims that statement was made up by the police. Okay, I have a question, Michael. Because mm-hmm. you are you're obviously the authority on this. Oh, not really. You know, you should those people on Reddit, they're authorities on this. Yeah. But I'll try my best. Okay, so they adopted Natalia from a uh adoption orphan, agency. Adoption sorry, an adoption agency, not an orphan. God, this isn't like the nineteen forties. Um so they adopted yeah, they like went to an orphanage and like Miss Hannigan is there being like, what kid do you want? Yeah. So um, they adopted her from an adoption agency in Florida. Did Florida, like what kind of situation was Florida running? Were they just like, here's a kid. We don't know the age, question mark. We haven't done a bone density test. She could be an adult. We don't know. Like shrug, shrug, shrug. What was, <laughs> because I feel like Christine and Michael were given some kind of information when they adopted Natalia. Like, they didn't just show up and, like, they just, they're like, okay, well, here's your kid. You don't get to pick. Well, they were given the information that this was a um, six, you know, six-year-old girl. So they are thinking that Natalia scammed her way here or isn't even from Ukraine and that she came up with this scheme. So they, Some diabolical you know, schemer. Maybe. So they say that she's, they, she didn't have a Ukrainian accent. I want to know what kind of accent she did have. Well, they probably say she had an American, like she had an American accent, which still, I mean, some kids, you know, when you come here young. Yeah, it's true. I knew two girls who were two sisters who were adopted from Russia and their accent was like fully gone a year after they were in Canada. So it ha- yeah. it totally happens. I doubt that she was like, had like some Long Island accent. Yeah, you know, like she's like, "Hey, I'm Natalia. How like, how are you, how really, are you guys doing?" What really makes me side eyes, side eye Christine's version mm-hmm. is that she told it to the Daily Fucking Mail and gave them pictures and everything. It's to like go to 2020. Yeah, you couldn't go to Diane Sawyer. Diane, with the check not big enough. Like, yeah, Gail King. You didn't have Gail King's number. Yeah, like you had to have known the Daily Mail would push like the crazy adopted child trope. Like, mm-hmm. go to the talk at least. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and let's say, okay, let's say Natalia is 22 years old, right? And tried to kill them. Why oh. didn't go to the police? Yeah. And also, like, Christine says that she's like an experienced foster mom, right? And cares about people. So let's say right. again, Natalia is 22 years old. You're just gonna like leave, <laughs> leave her when she's got specialized needs and is mentally ill. You're like, here's an apartment and a futon from Target. Good luck, girl. Yeah. She's like, don't forget to pick up my next book. It's called When She Gets Rough. Rent them an apartment and say bye-bye. 
But I'm just ready for the 20-part podcast about this because I really can't get enough. And I hope it's from someone more qualified than me, which isn't saying much. But if we do want a podcast, a 20-piece 20, a 20 podcast where we're just like, oh my god, that Ukrainian girl, like, what the fuck is up? Then stay tuned because you're going to love our next podcast. On called- Patreon, exclusively yeah. on Patreon. Yeah. So now let's move on from one crazy story to a crazy tattoo and also a pretty messy story. Mm-hmm. So Aaron Carter has been going through it for a while. I won't get into all his woes. But um, Aaron Brothers Nick and his sister Angel recently took out a restraining order against him. Nick claimed that Aaron threatened to kill his pregnant wife. Mm-hmm. Nick said at the time that he hopes Aaron gets help. And well, I don't know if Aaron Carter has gotten help, but he did get a giant tattoo on his face, which is always a sign of sanity. Mm-hmm. Um, over the weekend, Aaron posted pics of his new face tattoo, including one of him shirtless with the caption in all caps, I'm the biggest thing in music right now. I can't be denied. Fact check me. I mean, <laughs> well, that's too easy. I know. He's like, fact check me. It's like, okay, where do you want me to go first? Billboard, Google. My mom, to- who still thinks Sinbad, is probably the biggest star in music. And she could fact she, check him and tell she's him. She's not no. wrong. Yeah. She's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Aaron Carter has fallen a very long way from uh, dancing to the Muppet Show theme on Dancing with the Stars. It's a good performance. Look it up. So the tattoo is real, and it's a giant tattoo of Rihanna as Medusa on the cover of British GQ in 2013. So the tattoo artist responsible is named um, Herschel Carrasco. Wait, Herschel. 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 Is it Herschel? Wait, H-E-R-C-H-E-L-L. Herschel or Herschel? How do you want to do it? Tomato, tomato, Herschel. I'd say Herschel. Let's say Herschel. So he told TMZ he did the tattoo at Aaron's house for $5,000. But Herschel didn't know it was going to be a face tattoo and tried to talk Aaron out of it. Aaron at first wanted it on the center of his face, but Herschel got him to be okay with the side of his face. So Herschel said that before he tattoos anyone, he takes into consideration their mental state And in Aaron's case, he assists the situation and genuinely felt Aaron was in a good place mentally to get tattooed. Well, Herschel, you should have just checked TMZ. Yeah. (laughs) Also, Herschel, just be honest. He's like, I counted the ways that I figured that Aaron was in a good place mentally, and I totaled up 5,000 reasons why I think he is sane, and I did the tattoo. Well, in his defense, he actually... The the price negotiated was three thousand, but Aaron gave him two thousand extra. That's a good tip. So they were just using the Rihanna pick as inspiration, but Aaron wanted the actual pick, so Herschel did it. He also tattooed the word love on Aaron's face because Aaron said that's his brand currently. And he added a crescent moon tattoo to the other side of Aaron's face. Now Aaron wanted to keep going. But Herschel wasn't about to cover his whole face with tattoos. I mean, so good for stopped. Herschel. Oh, boy. I mean, love. I love that he's like, love is my brand. It's like, as in, he doesn't love himself enough if he got half of, half of his face tattooed with Rihanna. Okay, how would you describe this face tattoo to someone who has not seen it? Okay, I would say that it looks like, well, first of all, it's black and white. It looks like... Madonna. Yes. Present day Madonna, but Chola dress- Madonna. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say Chola Madonna. I was going to say Madonna, current Madonna, dressed up as old Greg 
from the Mighty Boosh. There's a sketch called Old Greg, and it's so it's Noel Fielding. And uh, oh, okay. Just look it up. You know, he's like the guy's like I'm yeah. Old Greg, and he drinks Bailey's. He's no, like I a don't sea monster. That, yeah. Anyway, that's it, too straight for me. It looks like Madonna <laughs> dressed as Old Greg. But she also, like the tattoo also has that like dark lip liner that kind of makes her look like she has a huge mustache. It's like super thick lip liner. <laughs> it kind of looks like a brat stall that a kid is drawn on. Yeah, so she looks yeah. like a chola Madonna. So yeah. it does not look like Rihanna, and it, to me, it does not look like Medusa. No, I had a friend who texted me when this happened, and she was like very frantic. I thought that there was like an emergency, and she's like, "I need to talk to you really quickly about something." And I'm like, "Oh my god, what?" And she's like, "I need to talk to you about Aaron Carter's face tattoo." And I was like, "Okay, let's unpack this." And first of all, you know, like she's like, "Is it real? Is it whatever?" Da 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 da. And then I was like, "It's Rihanna, by the way." She had no clue. She was like, it, it didn't look anything like Rihanna. She no, never would have it, guessed yeah. it was Rihanna. Like, it, she think, would have guessed everything else. She would have guessed Santa Claus before she guessed Rihanna. Well, I think most guessed, like, Medusa. And it did, looking at it made me want to get stoned immediately. So it did the trick. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, it, it's not a good look. It's a, it's a mistake. Yeah, not even Rihanna herself would look good with that tattoo. And that's saying a lot. Yeah, she looks good with everything. So... <laughs> Moving on from the what is clearly the butt of many tattoo jokes to the literal Joker, I'm talking, of course, about Joaquin Phoenix's Joker movie, which comes out uh, this Friday, October 4th. Finally. I feel like we've been talking about this for like six years. Oh, my God. I know. I went back and I looked up when it was rumored that like Joaquin Phoenix was going to do this movie. 2018. That's it? It's only Oh, it feels like 2008. I know. I feel like Joaquin Phoenix came off of The Master and was like, P.S. I'm doing a Joker movie. Like, that's how long it feels like it's been. But it's only, it's literally been a year. I feel like Gloria Stewart and Titanic is... It's been 84 years. Yeah, and I would... I'm like, I'm trying to think of a joke about dropping the necklace into the ocean. I want to just drop myself into the ocean so I don't have to hear any more about the stupid Joker movie. (laughs) So um, everybody's so concerned about the Joker right now. Sorry, Joker. I need to keep saying Joker. Joker is the movie. The Joker is the person. But the Joker doesn't technically... um, He's not really, really in this movie. So Joaquin Phoenix plays... Arthur Fleck, who becomes the Joker in Joker. So it's set in the 70s and 80s. And um, it's made by Todd Phillips, who, of course, did Old School and the Hangover trilogy uh, and the cinematic masterpiece School for Scoundrels. Um, So when it first kind of when people first started seeing it, when critics were seeing it, like when it premiered at various film festivals and stuff, critics were saying that they were a li- some critics were saying that they were a little worried that it was going to glorify incel culture and like antisocial yeah. uh types mm-hmm. of people and violence they said it's a very violent movie and that Joaquin Phoenix's Joker is kind of like this sort of sympathetic where there's going to be some weirdos that watch it and they're like hey I totally relate to that guy like I feel bad for him and it's like maybe I'll go do violence too so yeah. families the one of the kind of the main sort of things that's come from this is that families of the um, families of victims of the 2012 mass shooting in Aurora, Colorado, which happened during a screening of dark Knight rises. So they wrote a letter to Warner brothers condemning the violence in Joker and saying like, we don't think it's great that you put out a movie that essentially like tells all these people like, Hey, this guy is just like you. Like, look how, look how misunderstood he is. Like, I want to take vengeance for him or whatever. And so um, it's kind of like sort of vengeance, 
I'd call it vengeance porn, maybe, or like vengeance porn. <laughs> like I know that like revenge porn is a specific thing, so I was like, well, it's not revenge porn. But anyways, Warner Brothers had to release a statement being saying the most obvious thing in the world. They're like. The Joker is a villain. The Joker's not the good guy here. Like, don't go, like, like, uh, what's it called? I don't know the word. Making the hero of the Joker. Like glorifying. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not good at English. <laughs> Me neither, because I was like, huh? What? Yeah. What, like, what is what like, words? The word word. What are words? The, the word word Joker is good guy. So, and then on the other side of it, you have Joaquin Phoenix, who clearly really wants that oscar because he's saying like go see this movie uh arthur fleck is like a good guy like we should be sympathizing so he said recently vanity fair that we should be sympathizing with arthur fleck because it's too easy to hate things or think something is evil so i mean like what to be fair the joker murders people And and not like Dexter, not like Dexter, where he's like, okay, well, you're bad. I'm going to murder you. Murdering bad people, yeah. The Joker's Yeah, Joker's like, you know what I think I want to do today? Murder some people. So he like watched Once Upon, you know, he's like watches like Charles Manson documentaries and feels sympathy. Yeah, he's like, you know, Charles Manson, it's way too easy to call Charles Manson evil. Yeah, and so Todd Phillips has said kind of, he's, I feel like he's going a little a little too hard into this so he's saying that um he's like the people that are criticizing it he's like maybe this the message of the movie is too complicated for some people to understand and it's he like, says girl it, it's joker it's the fucking joker like, it's batman on. basically <laughs> it's like remember ben affleck's batman okay well this is a character from that universe and he's also said that he thinks that people just like to be outraged so he's like whatever people are gonna be outraged he's also had a real problem with canceled culture and he says like there's a reason why i don't make comedies anymore and it's because um you know people can't take a joke anymore and like you know you're canceled and people are too woke and blah 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 which that's pretty rich from coming from the person who made the hangover three well and he made he goes from trying to escape that to doing joker (laughs) yeah (laughs) there's like no middle ground for brilliant move (laughs) yeah so um because, like I said, it's uh, it's in theaters October 4th. Some of those theaters are going to have military presence and, like, the LAPD have been briefed about the possibility of theater violence. So they're also kind of, you know, Friday's not going to be a great day for them. Yeah, so who knows? So I'm just hoping that October 4th comes and goes. Do you want to see it? Part of me does want to see it, and I'll be honest. Because I think that Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker is kind of handsome. What? <laughs> I think he's kind Girl. of... <laughs> Where's your nearest lens crafters? Let me call them and make you an appointment. I do need to get my eyes checked for real. <laughs> but, like, but that's why you want to see it? But like, Michael, you're you're with me on this one, right? I mean, I don't... With you, you on what? But like, okay, can you, can you just acknowledge that Joaquin Phoenix is kind of handsome? Uh... He's handsome. He's handsome. Okay. He's no army hammer, but he's handsome. Okay. I, <laughs> I don't know. It, handsome? I mean, he's not a dog. Yeah, exactly. And like when he's in those like 1970s clothes in the trailer, he's especially not a dog. But like he has that greasy, nasty hair. I'm into it. <laughs> I don't like it when you dress up as a clown. But that's why you want to see it. No, I just think I'm like, I'm, interest, I'm interested in it. I think it's going to be 
I think it's going to be dumb. I think it's going to be like Todd Phillips trying to make a smart movie. Like, I don't think it's going to be good. Like, I don't think it's going to be, you know, this. I don't even know. I mean, the police are coming to arrest you for saying that you think. I can hear them in the background. They're coming to arrest you for saying Joaquin Phoenix as Joker is hot too. Um, But like, like, we've been hearing about this movie forever. So I, I like. I have zero interest in seeing it. Like, I'd rather see uh, the Rambo movie. What is that shit called? Like, the period one? Last Blood. Last Blood. Rambo Last Blood. <laughs> what? The You know, you don't know Rambo Last Blood? No. Oh, my God. And you're not alone, because I don't think anyone is, is going it a to real, see it. Is it a real movie? Like, is it a movie from today or from, like, um It's in the, the movie na- theaters 1990s. right now. I mean, I may have come out, like, last week. Oh, wow. I've like, never heard flopped. of this movie. It looks horrible, but I'd rather see that than, you know, Joker. Is it Sylvester Stallone? I have no, he's not, he doesn't play Rambo. He might be in it. Yeah, I think he's in it. But he Is doesn't, it like his kid? I mean, does he play Rambo? I don't know anything about it, but I would rather still rather go see it. it than Joker. The only reason why I'm interested in seeing Joker is because Francis Conroy is in it. So if anyone has seen Joker, tell me at what point in the movie she shows up because then I'll leave my screening of Rambo and I'll yeah. watch her and then I'll go back to my screening of Rambo. Or try to just get like a bootleg cammed copy of just her scenes. Oh, even better. Yeah. Even better. <laughs> so finally from the clown prince of crime, the Joker, to the current princess of shade, in my opinion. Um, so Earlier this week, Wirecutter uh, editor Jason Chang found an old movie line interview from 1998 with J-Lo. And it's before she was J-Lo, actually, because it was um, on the 6th was released in 1999. So I remember this period where, you know, actress J-Lo was like, I'm going to release an album. But it was like right kind of as she'd come off a whole bunch of movies. Like out of sight. Out of right. sight and Selena yeah. and Anaconda and, you know. Um, Those were had some time between them, right? Or were they... One little, after the other. They were like kind of close. I think Selena was Selena, not like 1990. It went like Anaconda, then Selena. No, it was, I thought it was Selena Anaconda. Oh, really? I don't know. A little bit I don't of Monica. Know my, <laughs> I don't know my, I don't have a PhD in JLo. No. But, and then U-Turn was somewhere in there. Yes. Right? I think okay. that, yeah. So it's anyway, all kind of the same. Yeah. So she's like, in the interview, she says that she considers herself kind of like the bottom of A-list, which I would agree. Like, J-Lo was kind of a household name at that time. So the person from Movie Line who was interviewing her asked her about her A-list contemporaries. So she was saying, okay, if you're in like, uh, or he, she, whoever was interviewing. She's like, the library is open. Exactly. So she kind of, she runs through everyone. I'm going to start with the more kind ones first. Okay. So... I'm not going to be quoting them directly. I'm giving you the, you know, Cliff's Notes version. So she says that Claire of Claire Danes, that Claire Danes can act. She said that Winona Ryder is cute, but she said that she's never heard anyone actually say that they like her. Like in JLo's mind, she's like, Winona Ryder is just some actress that people in Hollywood like. Like her neighbor doesn't like Winona Ryder. But yeah. still, she says she's cute, which that's a, <laughs> that's a compliment. It's I'll a little take. shady. It's, a, little it's shady. a little like beautiful gowns, gorgeous gowns. So she calls, this is where we start to get shady. Um, she said that Cameron Diaz, she d- refers to her as a lucky model um, who could be good when she's directed. So she saw Cameron Diaz in My Best Friend's Wedding and she's like, oh, okay, she can act when she's directed properly, which, shady. Also, shady to call her a lucky model, but. Yeah. Um, she, Selma yeah. Hayek 
she says is like so she brought up Selma Hayek first so yeah so Selma Hayek and JLo were getting kind of offered the same roles at the same time so Jennifer Lopez according to her so Selma Hayek at one point in time said that she had been offered Selena and she like passed on it right and Jennifer Lopez so JLo like, got her sloppy seconds yeah and JLo's like that never happened you were never <laughs> offered Selena then JLo was like I was offered Fools Rush In which Selma Hayek appeared in with Matthew Perry and JLo's like I was offered Fools Rush In and I was like I don't want to be in this stupid fucking movie so oh cause she's like so I chose to do like Anaconda instead she's like I wanted to be like in a fun B movie Good to choice. be fair Anaconda is the better movie yeah it's, it's the so, better choice it's corny as hell but it's oh the, it's trash it's but it's the better choice yeah so JLo might have good taste I'm just putting it out there. So she also says, like, Selma Hayek is a sexy bombshell. And those are the only roles that she can land. She can only do sexy bombshell. And then she says, like, point blank, Madonna can't act. She's like, I don't like it when people are, like, a singer that decide to do acting. Uh, According to Jennifer Lopez. Like, she's like, I'm a singer and I'm an actress. I'm not just some singer who wants to act. J-Lo really was very confident on her acting skills in 1998. So... um, She's like Stella Adler. She like she was an acting master. Yeah, Lee Strasberg. Who? <laughs> so on Gwyneth Paltrow, this is I think this is my favorite quote because it's to me it's the shadiest. So um, she says of Gwyneth Paltrow, "Tell me what she's been in. I swear to God, I don't remember anything she was in. Some people get hot by association. I heard more about her and Brad Pitt than I ever heard about her work. I will be honest here." I also remember that time. I remember 1998. I was three months old, um, but I have a very good memory. <laughs> and I remember <laughs> I remember all the buzz around Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, yeah. She was huge. Yeah. But again, I was like, what movie was she in? The only movie I knew her in was like Emma? Sliding she was Doors. Emma, right? She was in Emma. Yeah. I knew her. I knew J-Lo and her. <laughs> like, I, Gwyneth wasn't like a, you know, I don't know her to me. Yeah, like you knew who Gwyneth was. Yeah. Also, 1998 is the year that um, Gwyneth appeared in Shakespeare in Love and was getting Oscar buzz. So J-Lo should have technically known her from at least Shakespeare in Love. Yeah, she knew her. She was being... She was, yeah. Yeah, she was being bitchy. She knew her. <laughs> I love how I'm giving J-Lo the benefit of the doubt. Like, oh, okay, shit. but J-Lo, think really hard. Like, didn't you ever hear of the movie Bounce? Like, come on, J-Lo. <laughs> Wait, I think Bounce was later. Never mind. But didn't didn't she say something about herself? Like she is the best actress. <gasps> yeah. So yeah, J Lo was essentially said like I'm super great. I've worked so hard for this. Like I put 110 percent in. I'm a great actress. Um, she's like I'm gonna do music because I'm also great at singing. And like, um, yeah, she she basically said like Cliff's notes. I am the best actress out of everyone that's acting at the moment. Um, yeah, it was basically like the definition of modest, pretty much. Oh, yeah. Complete, completely. And then I think Meryl Streep like did a movie line interview the month later, and she was like, you know what? Everybody says that I'm the best actress, but to be fair, there's this woman named Jennifer Lopez, and she's better than I am. So Way better. Yeah. But like this... I like I miss Movie Line magazine. Okay, was Movie Line the one that was given out in theaters? No. Movie Line was... A magazine, like Entertainment Weekly. I think okay. it was monthly, but I had a subscription. There's really? like this really hot cover that has like, there's a naked Terry Hatcher. She had like a rope around her. Okay. Like, you don't know this cover? It's a totally hot cover. Anyways, but I probably read that interview like of J-Lo. 
back in the day. And I probably declared her jet to, dead to me for slandering Cameron Diaz. <laughs> you were that big of a Cameron Diaz fan? Cameron, I'm like, oh, this J-Lo, she's dead to me. But what I like, what I want to know is who is responsible for leaking this old ass interview to destroy J-Lo's Oscar chances for Hustlers. I mean, Constance Wu. <laughs> That's a good Mariah Carey. Yeah. <laughs> Constance Wu and Mariah Carey. Team Donna. You know, together. Okay, now Allison and I are going to go through five stories, starting with the Super Bowl halftime show. So there was a rumor that Jennifer Lopez was going to headline the halftime show in Miami in February. And it was announced that J-Lo is headlining, but she has to share it with Shakira. Shakira, Shakira. They're both sharing billing. So can we go back and ask 1990s Jennifer Lopez what she thinks about Shakira? God, I would love to know. So... Uh, Pitbull is reportedly also in talks to join them for a song or two. This is the first halftime show that Jay-Z is producing as part of his deal with the NFL. Right. Um, so it'll be interesting. I'm excited to watch it. And I think JL is a good pick because all the guys who like bet, uh, bet against the winning team and lose all their money can remind their wives. They can be like, listen, remember what JLo said. Love don't cost a thing. Only men bet on the Super Bowl, Allison. I know. I'm so sexist. <laughs> no, because women women know better. Women are like, I'm not yeah, wasting no, money right. on that shit. You're right. But like, I wanted some Miami performers. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted Gloria Stefan. I wanted Stevie B. Like, this was mm-hmm. Jay-Z's chance for a Stevie B comeback, and he fucked up. But like, I'm thinking about, like, my thoughts and prayers are with whoever's in charge of watching for FCC violations. Because think of all, like, the wardrobe malfunctions that are going to go down. You think so? Yes. And think of all the conservative parents who are going to flip out from all the ash aching. Okay, I'm (laughs) I'm into it now. I wasn't into it before, but now I'm into it. So Justin Bieber and Haley Baldwin got married last year at the courthouse, but they wanted to get married again in front of God. So they got married at a church in South Carolina and had their three-day wedding celebrations at a fancy resort in Bluffton, South Carolina. They brought out, they bought out most of the place, and their guests included Kylie and Kendall Jenner, Scooter Braun, Jaden Smith, their families, blah, 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 blah. The night before the wedding, Justin and Haley hosted a carnival-themed sleepover party and made their guests watch The Notebook. Yeah. Okay. So, Michael, I'm going to reveal something to you, Okay. I have Wait, never... Wait, before you do, what's the number to 911 in Canada? It's 911, Michael. Shit. <laughs> how, how am I going to dial 911 in Canada for you? <laughs> to say that you've gone insane. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. So, I've never seen The Notebook before. Oh, me neither. And you haven't? No. Oh my god, okay. Well, I mean, I'm a little surprised that you haven't seen it, because I feel like it would be kind of like... The what? sort of movie that you might want to like Why? watch and laugh at. See, I would think the same thing about you. Like, I think it would not be one of your favorite movies, but I think it would be like a movie that, you know, when you're flipping through whatever, that you'd stop and watch it. No, I can't even tell you what the plot is. I know that Ryan Gosling isn't in well, it. Well, it's a Nicholas Sparks story, so people fall in love and then they die. Two hetero people fall in love. Two hetero like, white people, Christian probably. There's like kissing in the rain, probably. There is kissing in the rain. There's, you know, there's family drama. One's rich, one's poor. 
it's you know family drama they can't be together torn apart they come back years later and one of them dies yeah i that i think that's what it is actually <laughs> i think it might actually be although i think the thing about the notebook is that they never end up together i don't know somebody who's seen it's gonna have to email us. i think they end up together at the end and i think one of them has dementia i think uh oh, the regina rollins who plays the old rachel mcadams has dementia i believe you mean she doesn't Oh my play? god, for not knowing this yeah, movie. <laughs> you're like, I'm like, Gina Rollins? I don't even know who else is in this movie. Is Paul Rudd in it? I don't know. But what I'm what I'm trying to get at here is that um they shouldn't have played that movie because I feel like if they wanted to get their friends out, because there were too many people on that guest list that would have been like, book? Ooh, no, thank you. <laughs> like the Jenners. <laughs> well, that's how to get the Kardashians out of there, yeah. Yeah. But like for me, I always think like Justin Bieber's eternally twelve. So I'd go up to his parents and be like, Ooh, he watching a PG-13 movie. <laughs> it's PG-13, right? I think so. Due to the kissing, the rain kissing. So on the last episode of this podcast, we talked about how Mark Ronson went on Good Morning Britain, where he learned about sapiosexuality. That's when you're attracted to intelligence over looks and gender. Yes. And he said he identifies as uh, being sapiosexual. Well, he's walked it back to Rolling Stone saying that his words were taken out of context. And he said, I do not consider myself part of any marginalized community. And I apologize if anybody misunderstood or took offense to it. Mm -hmm. So basically, us dummies have a chance. Yeah, I was just gonna say congratulations to all the all the to girls. Me. Who, yeah, <laughs> no, but I think that he, oh yeah, I don't have a vagina. So yeah, no, I was gonna say I think he's still into girls. Yeah. So to all the girls who dropped out of high school to chase famous dudes, you still have a chance. So I'm happy for you. Well, like the thing is, like Mark Ronson isn't a sapiosexual, right? No, and he's basically a simpleton who got roped into saying he's a sapiosexual. So basically, sapiosexuals will never be attracted to him. Ever. Oh, poor Mark Ronson. Well, he's pretty. He's very pretty. Pete Buttigieg talked to The Hollywood Reporter about what his favorite TV shows are. And um, so he he talked about Game of Thrones and Veep and Star Trek, but said that he doesn't really have time to binge watch TV shows and usually falls asleep to Family Guy or Rick and Morty. I know. When I heard that, I was like, okay, Rick and Morty. Family Guy, Game of Thrones. Mayor Pete is a shoo-in for the still lives in mom's basement demographic. Exactly. And I and I thought like, is he even gay? But he <laughs> said he falls asleep to that shit. So yeah, I guess he is. And finally, the Star Wars franchise has its first openly gay couple. So the gay couple is in Star Wars Resistance, which is like a cartoon show for kids. Mm -hmm. And they're made up of Flix, who is a tall alien bird with goggles, and Orca, who is a hairy pig-like alien creature. So executive producer Justin Ridge confirmed that they're a gay couple, saying they're absolutely a gay couple, and we're proud of that. Except it's a cartoon, so it's like not even technically a real gay couple. I mean, I know that like they, it's a real gay couple, but it's, it's a cartoon. Like, yeah, I feel like this is not the gay couple that gay fans want, which I assume is hot 1970s Harrison Ford and any other guy. And the one that Billy D. Williams plays. Oh, Lando Calrissian. Yeah. Wait, were they related? I feel like everyone was related in that. No, I think they were just friends. But like, that that's what I'm with you. It's like, 
the first gay couple and one's a damn alien bird yeah. and the other one's an alien pig yeah. which is like that's only I mean I guess that's great news for like gay bird aliens okay so this episode is over but there's something I wanted to ask you Allison in okay. our talking about Joker which is what who is your favorite Joker um, okay, my favorite, I'm gonna sound like such a dork. My favorite Joker is Mark Hamill voicing the Joker in um, Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, that's dorky. It's dorky, but it's the best Joker, I think. But if I had to pick a live action Joker, um, I think it's probably Jack Nicholson. Yeah. I just like how he plays off of like Michael Keaton's hotness. Like it's like two kind of what am I saying? Am I horny for the Joker or something? Like, I'm yeah, not. you I'm are. Stressed that I'm not. Okay, you're, your... yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> you're telling a lot about yourself. Yeah, I know. Who's your favorite Joker? Cesar Romero. I mean, yeah, that's a good. That's Joker. an easy one, and you know why? Because he didn't even give a fuck enough to like shave his mustache. Like he put <laughs> white makeup over the mustache. Like you can clearly see it. So it's that's true. I absolutely love that. Back to so, it was shot in high D or HD. <laughs> Heidi. Heidi. So thank you for listening. And if you've got a question or a note for us or want to fact check me on the saga of the Ukrainian girl, because I know I fucked some of that up, you can email us at dtp at dlizza.com, dtp at dlizza.com. Until next week. Bye. Bye. (laughs)